0: we come. Now the world don't move. And you knew
1: where you were then. Exciting and
0: goodness do you know how fucking excited i am for this do you have any
1: idea david it takes a big man to admit when he's wrong and i am that big man you are are you a big man matthew like i always say i'm not a big dancer but if i were a dancer i'd be a big one
0: Okay. Well, what okay, I we have not discussed this at all. So, are you telling me you had an opinion and and your opinion was changed or or something? I just never had an opinion. I just never cared
1: about so Laverne and Shirley. You, I just never cared about it. Did you even watch it growing up in reruns? Not once. This is the first ever episode I've ever seen.
0: Holy shit. So. holy shit okay well, well we need to start the show let's let's okay, we'll get into that in that. a second let me actually get started and say hey welcome listeners it's tv talkaholics in your ear holes this is episode number 43 thank you for downloading and pressing play we are getting ready to discuss legitimately my mostest favoritist show from my entire childhood. I've said it so many times, listeners, you already know this. I was more into Laverne and Shirley than I was even the facts of life. This was the greatest show in the history of television to eight to 10-year-old David when this first came on. So I'm going to preface this by saying I love, 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 love Laverne and Shirley so much. and. I can't believe it's never come up in all the time we've been talking stuff that you never watched it. So oh, I think it has. Has it? Well, again, I wasn't listening because I didn't hear the sound of my own voice. So yeah. I, well, you stopped talking about me, so I stopped
1: listening. <laughs> um, but David, I'm just gonna say it as the first time watcher. This is delightful.
0: Oh, oh thank God. Oh God! If you had hated this, it it would have been so upsetting because this is really the quintessential Laverne and Shirley. It is it is such the definitive episode in that it has so many of the best elements all combined into one. And even if you look it up on IMDb, when you look at the, the listing of individual episodes, it does come up as a fan favorite. And I'm like, uh, yeah, with good reason. And I'm so happy we were able to do this because Fabian had been a guest on that episode of The Facts of Life, 62 Pickup. So, oh, I'm so glad you were delighted by it. So now that I have sung the praises and told you how much I love, love, love this show. hmm I want to make it very clear. It got awful towards the end. Like my complaints about the facts of life in seasons eight and nine, that that's nothing. If we did a Laverne and Shirley podcast, I, I would have walked into the ocean or jumped off a bridge before I, I could have gotten into how upsettingly bad the later episodes are in the writing. But this one comes before it jumps to the shark. So, yay! Season three, episode eight, Laverne and Shirley meet Fabian. Literally, the title tells you everything. So that's all you need to know. Good night, folks. Well, and just like,
1: as I was watching it, I thought, it's just like, seems like a cozy show to visit. Like, Mm -hmm. like the Lucy Show, Ab Fab, all those wonderful wacky women against the world type shows. So numerous, they need not be mentioned. But Mm -hmm. you know what I mean. Like those, the it's the 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 format is not new. (laughs) God no, but it's certainly not old, is it? Nope. Because we've got nowadays, we've got what the new girl or two broke girls. So. Mm Um I'm not going to say I don't have questions as a first time visitor and I apologize if they are questions that um it's like somebody watching the golden girls to me and saying so dorothy's the tall one you know and you're like <laughs> <laughs> Get the fuck away from me and shut up. So So
0: Laverne is the one with the L, the cursive L on her. Matthew, ask me anything. I am here for it because I love for how much I love to talk. I love to talk about this show
1: Mm -hmm. even more. All right. Because I do have questions. I'm not saying it's a perfect show. How dare you? But
0: how very dare you?
1: I mean, this episode is cuckoo bananas.
0: (laughs) isn't it though in the best possible like you say comfort But yes it's, in yeah. the
1: best possible way like just yeah. ridiculousness that you're like oh come on mm-hmm. like but you know watching lucy and apple get drowned in a shower yeah was <laughs> wasn't any more less or more ridiculous than laverne hanging off a flagpole 12 stories up ab so
0: goddamn lutely yes one thing I will say is that we've talked about before how the the two dominating factors of 70s television were Norman Lear, God rest his soul. He just passed the earlier the week that we're recording this mm. uh, in the month of December. So, but it was Norman Lear and Gary Marshall, because Gary Marshall had Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, Mork and Mindy, and uh, other spinoffs thereof, but... The thing is, the way Norman Lear was issue-oriented in getting dramatic with stuff, Gary Marshall never had any interest in actually dealing with social issues. But he did make sure there was always heart, even more so than he did in Happy Days. They made sure that the friendship of the two of them was the core, and they would have so many lovely times of them just sitting and reaffirming their friendship. And and they would even come in with some little twinkly underscore music. And uh, it's lovely.
1: Okay. So do, do we need to discuss, we don't need to discuss what Laverne and Shirley is, do we? I mean, no. just give me give me some nuts and bolts, but I don't need to hear. It was an American sitcom that starred Penny Marshall and Cindy Williams. I,
0: yeah. Okay. We don't need to hear that it was co-created by Gary Marshall, Lowell Gantz, and Mark Rothman. Who worked for The Lucy Show. Gary yes, Marshall. correct. And that it was centered around Penny Marshall as Laverne DeFazio and Cindy Williams as her roommate, Shirley Feeney. We don't need to go over that the girls work as bottle cappers in a fictitious Milwaukee brewery called the Shots Brewery. And uh, the series was known for their physical comedy. And it was a spin off of Happy Days with the intent of showing uh, lower class blue collar workers. Uh, and Matthew is doing the full Archie Bunker, <laughs> Russian roulette, loading his fingers and all that. But yeah, the idea was to and no, Archie
1: Bunker was on a show called All in the Family, ladies and
0: gentlemen, about a middle class family and in, in Archie was and a New cab York. driver, and yeah, he had a daughter and a son that was created by Norman Lear. Norman Lear created a lot of different other shows. Okay, fine. We won't go into that because we'll, we'll... I have a I have two pages of notes. Oh, what! <laughs> so, I am so happy and impressed after you skipped out on Good Times last uh, show. Oh, I
1: just couldn't with Good Times. I'm okay. sorry.
0: Well, you know what I was thinking we would do. I was thinking we would get right into the show. I was yes. thinking we would start, and then at the commercial break, we'll go into some of the nuts and bolts and the talkaholic points and all that bullshit. Because listening to these shows, re-listening to the reissue of these shows, uh, I swear to God, I'm like, even I, I'm I'm playing the role of Matthew saying, for fuck's sake, it's 35 minutes in. Would you start? Yeah. My so, first
1: question is, was, I, was this filmed in front of a live studio audience? Because the laugh track seemed clunky.
0: It absolutely was and it's one of those shows that always oh, started with Laverne and Shirley is recorded live before a studio audience. That was just cut from this version on dailymotion.com because they cut the opening theme. And was this
1: um an uh like Facts of Life had um syndicated versions was there is there a, is the DVD which I'm sure you have. <laughs> Are there scenes missing?
0: There are not scenes missing, as far as I felt I know. like
1: there. I felt like there was a big one missing. Oh.
0: in this episode. Okay, I do not believe there are any scenes missing. I think you've heard me say before that when they first did go into syndication, they butchered the fuck out of them, and even changed where the commercials were, and you know would it would fade to black in the middle of a joke before the punchline. So no this is the full length as i understand it. Oh oh yeah. And uh, the the transcript is at subslikescripts.com along with facts of life and i did follow along with it. So it, it is the full length version from the dvd. All right. Okay. That so so when we get to discussion. the scene that you're missing we'll we'll definitely have to yeah. cover it. So let's jump right in. Let's do this. Let's start with scene 1 page 1. <clears throat> We start in the apartment of Laverne and Shirley. It is breakfast time. Laverne is uh, putting peanut butter on a piece of bread. She is singing Fabian's Turn Me Loose, which was one of his big hits. She's wearing her bathrobe and a scarf and a hat and earmuffs and fuzzy mittens. She does a very funny physical bit with getting peanut butter on the fuzzy mittens and trying to lick it off and then trying to drink the coffee to rinse the fuzz down and the coffee's too hot. So she burns her tongue. And I mean, we start right off with a physical bit and Penny Marshall just expertly both of them expert physical comedians what, what what why are you shrugging why are you moving your head uh,
1: i thought there could have been better bits for her to do than stick her tongue into hot coffee and be like oh too hot i've done that tan. come yeah. on i mean i i there could have been better bits than that i mean yeah
0: after the bit, but the way she commits to the licking of the peanut butter and the, ah, uh, the, the, I mean, she yeah. owns it. That's, I mean, 90% of this show is how committed they are to the wackadoodle situations in scripts, I think. So anyway, uh, Mrs. Babish comes in. She's also in a winter coat, gloves, and a fur stole, saying that the heat has been fixed and the radiator should be turning on at any minute. Now, at this stage of the series, Mrs. Babish is still dating Laverne's father. She has not married him yet, but she will eventually marry him. Was she an introduced character? Or was she there from episode one? Uh, introduced uh, early on in the show. Got it. Early on. And God, Betty Garrett, just loved her. Loved her on All in the Family. She was a great addition to this. And uh, yeah. Uh, so Shirley's not there because she got up early to get in line to buy tickets to the Fabian concert that's coming to town. Apparently that night. I don't think it's that night. I think I think some time passes through the course of the episode, don't you? Well, and hence where our scene is missing. But go ahead. Okay. But um, anyway... Uh... So that's just, you know, exposition. Mrs. Babish leaves saying that Frank is taking her to Uncle Fungi's tonight. Uncle Fungi was a regular reference to uh, one of Laverne's, I assume, Laverne's father's uh, brother. And that's, you know, Laverne is very Italian, as was Penny Marshall. And uh, Phil Foster, as her dad, very much played up the Italianness, And so Uncle Fungi was kind of like a Maris uh, or the early... Alan Brady. She, He is never met. We never know. They eventually just abandon it. But Uncle Fungi is this character they always referred to. And they would say things like, you know, she says, Mrs. Babish, don't dress nicely because Uncle Fungi likes to throw food at women. And there was another one where they got robbed. So uh, the dad said, I'll have Uncle Fungi come and live with you for a while to protect you. And Laverne was like, ah, I don't want Uncle Fungi living with us. He shaves in the kitchen, leaves little hairs all over the sink. And so Uncle Fungi is just this, anytime they needed a weird thing to reference, that's that's what Uncle Fungi was for. So he was a regular reference, but never a character in the show. FYI. Uh, so the radiator starts making banging noises as Laverne is starting to take off her scarf and her gloves. And when it comes to the point that she's taking off her robe, the radiator has started taking on a little boom, 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 boom boom, 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 kind of a rhythm. So it's a showcase for Penny Marshall to do a strip tease. And very funny, the audience loves it. They scream and cheer. And she ends up with flinging the robe off, but having it land over her head. And her last words are, huh, not as easy as it looks. Did you have thoughts on the striptease? Well, I
1: mean, it's just, there's the second big physical comedy bit in the first three minutes of the
0: show. hmm I mean, Because we're in season three now and hearing interviews of them, they always said that they started pushing for the physical bits because Penny Marshall was a dancer. Cindy Williams was an athlete. So they both could do it. And they realized that that was doing a lot of compensating for the weak scripts. So the writers did start to kind of write toward that by the time where we are now in season three. So, yep, yep. Oh, as far as it's it's completely extraneous and imposed. And I I'm pretty sure that was cut from the reruns in the early days. So one running gag we don't get is typically Lenny and Squiggy have an entrance, like a setup and a punchline of an entrance, where uh if Laverne licks the peanut butter off of her glove and it's all fuzzy, she would say something like, This is the most disgusting thing I've ever experienced cut to hello income lenny and squiggy
1: just like dorothy opening the door and hi it's me stan she would always be saying something that was like i would rather get fucked by a chainsaw open the door hi it's me stan i stan corrected yes you Mm -hmm. know like this is worse than getting um
0: you know a hair in your metamucil you know yes so I So it it was always a thing and typical sitcom trope of their door is always unlocked. And so Lenny and Squiggy just walk on in, hello. But they always had a setup of something disgusting, something disturbing or whatever. Uh, Now, interesting is that uh, you, I think you see a clip of this in the opening credits, which again, I'm sorry, this daily motion version doesn't have the opening credits, but you can find them on YouTube. Uh, There's a bit where, Uh, The door opens up and Mrs. Babish walks in and Shirley is about to club her with a baseball bat when she realizes who it is. They had a running gag in season one that because these girls are not wealthy, because they haven't met rich men to take care of them and they have to support themselves, they clearly don't live in the best part of town. So in order to protect themselves from crime, it was anytime there was a knock at the door, they would run over, they would put like multiple padlocks and chains on the door and each of them would grab a baseball bat and have it up and ready. And then usually was Shirley would go, who is it? In a low man's voice. But then it was, oh, wait a minute. It's funny when Letty and Squiggy just burst in the room. Okay. Fuck that. We're abandoning it. Yeah. But it was a funny joke how it was just this Again, because it was physical. It was just a built-in automatic thing where they'd be just having a conversation like, la, 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 and then grab the bat. Like, it was just second nature to them. It was very funny. I've
1: decided, David, I'm going to take a shot every time they do a physical bit. Oh, you're going to be on the floor in 10 minutes. No, I've only taken one for the first scene. I'm going to give you the first scene. But but she did too
0: because of the striptease. I know, but I'm I'm letting you have a head start. Okay. So anyhow, here's your physical bit. Lenny and Squiggy burst in. We don't get again the normal setup, but they say gangway stiff broad, and they're carrying Shirley, and yeah. they bring in. They drop her on the couch. She's apparently frozen solid. So they drop her on the couch. She almost rolls off the couch, and they quickly catch her. And uh, which didn't look rehearsed. No.
1: I, it, I it looked looked like that. Yeah, yeah it, it looked, looked like,
0: very yeah. Yeah, organical. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but what happens is they found her lying in the snow outside the ticket booth at the arena, trying to buy tickets to the Fabian concert. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the L and S, the idea of Laverne and Shirley Lenny and Squiggy, that was totally coincidental mm-hmm. because Lenny and Squiggy were characters that Michael McKeon and David L. Lander had been previously doing at... The groundlings or at second city i read they did a tour with it yeah that. and they have an album there's an album called laverne and shirley sing it is awful and i <laughs> highly recommend it and there's one called lenny and the squig tones and it is fabulous it is really good look it up it's on youtube and it's on all your do you own
1: it do you own laverne and shirley sing on vinyl is it the Merman disco album for Laverne and Shirley lovers? It's,
0: I don't have it on vinyl, but I think I do have it on CD. I think I did get the CD oh release. God, it. they put it on CD. Oh fuck, yes, they did. Mm-hmm. So uh Lady and Squiggy, there's always this 1970s creep factor of uh them like
1: why is it l- 1970s creep factor?
0: Because he wouldn't do it today. But it's like Laverne says, oh, my God, she's frozen. Would you go in the bedroom and get some blankets? And they're both like, bedroom. <laughs> oh, and, I see it as just like
1: the movie Grease. It's 1950s. It's just male chauvinists. It's timeless. I, I guess. Imagine the boys in the T-Birds going over to the, to the, it's, <laughs> look at me at Sandra D party.
0: They're, they're <laughs> going to they're,
1: they're gonna be like, pennies. You know what I mean? <laughs> I guess you're right.
0: 50s gross male chauvinist. So yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah, and a lack of emotional maturity for sure. Yeah. Um, but then later when Laverne is like, okay, thank you guys for bringing her. I got to get her out of these wet clothes. And they're like, okay, yeah, start with the shirt. Yeah, go slowly, go slowly. She's like, get out of here. And Lenny says, hey, we saved her life. We're entitled to see her naked. And so she's like, get out of here. So there's always this like lecherous uh. A component to their friendship, but of course, because they're like two children, they're like teenage boys. And so, did you just take a shot? Yes, because you're about to get
1: to this ridiculous <laughs> bit. Okay. Never, never mind the fact that they go go in her bedroom and get blankets, and they go, "We're trying to find your blankets. Where would you look for blankets in a bedroom? Yeah, on, on the, the bed." bed. <laughs> so <laughs> and you
0: hear crash.
1: <laughs> I would have, I would have liked maybe some better writing, maybe yeah. just for a couple of the bits and a couple of the the zingers. But okay. I get it, I get it.
0: Sure. So uh, anyway, the the next bit is uh, Laverne is of course nurturing and saying, "Oh my God, Shirley, what's going on?" And they even smartly had Shirley's arm frozen holding up her cash. So Shirley is freezing and, v- 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 and finally Laverne is trying to warm her up and trying to see what she's trying to say. So then Laverne is able to grab her jaw and keep her from shivering. And Shirley's able to form the words, sold out. They were sold out. At which point Laverne is like, what do you mean they're sold out? And starts shaking her and choking her. And <laughs> the contrast to how nurturing she was a second before. And, and God, they play it so funny. God, they are so funny. I'm sorry. I love this. I, I just, love this shit.
1: My question during this bit was, where do these people live? Milwaukee. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. No one in Wisconsin reacts to cold weather like that. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it's just it's just not done like so that bothered me a little bit about the the whole thing like what was wrong with her just coming in throwing herself on the ground and not being and crying so hard that she couldn't get the words out and they play charades or so you know what i mean i just this bit didn't i was like oh let's stop her teeth from chattering mm.
0: Well, I think the implication is that she... You talk about physical
1: comedy. They have to play charades because she's crying so hard. she's crying, yeah, exactly. The cold (laughs) doesn't even have to be a thing anymore.
0: The heat's back on. Oh, you're saying, yeah. Okay, you're right, saying that it's crying. I think the implication is that Lenny and Squiggy, they found her in the snow, so it's like she she passed out that she was so distraught that she passed out and fell into the snow and just started to freeze sitting in the snow. Cause you wouldn't, you wouldn't do that in Milwaukee. Yeah. You're used to the cold, but you wouldn't go and lay in the fucking snow. We found her
1: laying on a park bench crying and she can't tell us what's wrong. So we brought her home.
0: I thought he said we found her lying in yes, the snow. But I'm saying for my job. Oh, oh, okay. For for your rewrite that you're going to be sending in the time machine. Okay. I get rewrite, you. Yeah. You don't, we didn't have to
1: find her in the snow. We get it. It's cold yeah. out. No. Mm-hmm. know. Okay. No, no, I don't. I, I cannot fight you. They start to play charades or something. And I'm just picturing Lenny and Squiggy and Laverne all trying to figure out what she's saying. You know what I mean? I don't oh, know. Oh, okay. That's I just right. would have, there could have been a big fucking yeah thing there. But <laughs> instead
0: of, we get her holding her chin, like, whatever. So Shirley is now sobbing, and Laverne is like, "Well, maybe, maybe Pop can help her father. Maybe so that might be a solution to this problem." Because Shirley is distraught. Earlier, when Missus Babish was talking to Laverne, she said, "Wow, you girls are really gaga for this Fabian, aren't you?" And Laverne says, "Shirley is the one who's really gaga. Me, I'm just gah." Yeah. So Shirley is just devastated. So very quickly, we cut to the pizza bowl. And uh, I'm telling you, when they conceived the show and said, OK, we need to have this be about working class people and working class girls to set up that the place of business her father owns is the pizza bowl. Yeah. Genius, because it's literally like, what what is the thing that rich people do not do? They don't eat pizza and they don't go bowling. Yeah. Unless you're Rosie Greenbaum, but that's another story. On a Thursday.
1: On a Thursday. Why do you like, say that? Just like you know, that's what doesn't matter to white trash that it's Thursday. Oh Jesus!
0: <laughs> or Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You the people you see at a bar at eleven thirty yeah. in the morning. You know yeah. they ain't putting the
1: A team on the stripper poles for the Wednesday <laughs> lunch buffet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So we have got Frank, Laverne's father, played by Phil Foster, on the phone. And he's like, okay, great. We got it. And he hangs up the phone and the girls are like, oh my God, you did it. And he's like, yeah, I got it. Two tickets. I got this thing. I don't know the, you're going to be the Jerry Vale. And the girls are like, what? no, 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 Fabian. We don't want to go see Jerry Vale. And his argument is he's an Italian singer and all the Italian singers sing the same way. So the girls are like, oh, no, thank you, but we're trying to. And so they, you know, he's of course got to go off to this Uncle Fungi thing. And then he's like, I called everybody I know. And this performance is pretty much what Phil Foster did. He just screamed his lines. Yeah. And oftentimes, particularly the earlier episodes, they were also nonsensical. Like he would just come in and be muttering and speaking, but y- you would not know what he'd be saying. And by the time he left, the audience would be applauding because it was just so freaking ridiculous. You smell. What? He
1: smell. He smell. Oh. He's just screaming things from the fucking window. I,
0: I thought you said you smell to me. No. no. he smell. Would, would you like that? <laughs> um gee, he's... I haven't I haven't put deodorant on in three whole days.
1: Um no, he's Mel's diner. He's Mel. Mel. Mel Sharple's. Yeah. Yep. Which is from
0: a show called Alice, ladies and gentlemen. Alice. Alice, Alice was a sitcom was from based 76. upon the Martin Scorsese film. Alice doesn't live here anymore, which we learn in Barbara Streisand's new memoir was offered to her and she gave it up. She she passed on it and later said she would have loved to have worked with Martin Scorsese. Can you imagine, Barbara Streisand? And Alice doesn't live here anymore instead of Ellen Burstyn, That that just wouldn't have worked. It would not have, at that, not at that time. Not at that point
1: of her career, no. No. It would have been Fanny Bryce and Dolly Levi. What am yeah. I doing here in Mel Steiner? I what, what, am I, I
0: <laughs> what am I doing here? I gotta serve a French fry. Oh, What? They don't oh. have any blintzes. Where's the locus? No. I'm an onion roll. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm a bagel on a plate of onion rolls. Um, so uh <clears throat> so yeah, so basically. Uh Frank has to leave because he's got to go off to this Uncle Fungi Edna Date. Uh, by the way, Mrs. Babish's first name is Edna, Edna Babish. So uh, not to be confused with Edna Garrett, of course. Because yeah. it's played by Betty Garrett. Betty Garrett is Edna Babish. Oh,
1: I think that deserved a Mrs. Garrett. Oh
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> You made the connection. Uh, so before we go on, yes, we talk about the pizza bowl though, because one of the frequent storylines in the particularly in the earlier episodes is Laverne and Shirley being strapped for cash and them having to do other things to try to make some extra money to pay for, you know, renting dresses to go to a swanky party or whatever. It was always weird to me that I know that there were times I think they worked as waitresses at the pizza bowl, but part of me was like, why didn't they just automatically do that? Why didn't they have their day jobs at the brewery and then three or four nights a week be pre-scheduled waitresses at the pizza bowl or work there or you know polish the balls or something? It was always weird to me that it's like your father owns a business. He can't also employ you? So that was weird to me. I'm just saying.
1: I may discover why as I begin episode one. Are
0: you gonna you gonna do it? You're gonna watch Oliver and Shirley? Oh yeah, I've got nothing else to watch now, oh. that, Baker, now that bake off is over. Oh uh, oh okay. Wow, I'm excited that I've introduced this to you and popped your L and S cherry. <laughs> uh, uh. So Laverne says she's going to try to make some more phone calls, and in this time, she says she's going to call Carmine. That is the one thing we do not get in this episode, is we do not get Carmine, played by wonderful Eddie Mecca. Carmine is a sort of on-again, off-again boyfriend of Shirley's. And this is a very, uh, how shall I say, nebulous courtship. Because there are times they're full on making out and then she's making him go take a cold shower because, you know, Shirley doesn't, she she doesn't vote dodo do do is what they call it about having sex. So their boyfriend and girlfriend, and there have been episodes where Carmine interfered because he was jealous that she was seeing someone else or getting friendly with another guy. But by the same token, when Shirley needed to go on a date or a double date with LaVert or whatever, there was always just pairing her up with other guys. Like they didn't bog her down with this regular relationship. And in the end of her tenure in the series, because Cindy Williams left the series before it ended, uh, they do have to address the fact that their way to get her off the series quickly was to marry off Shirley and they had to have her and Carmine have a little bit of a heart-to-heart. So it is weird that it's like Shirley kind of should have ended up with Carmine. But anyway, I don't get it. It was very weird. And he was just the serious relationship of convenience for her. And so he's not even in the show at all. We only know that Laverne is calling him at his dance studio because... Uh, He sings at the Pizza Bowl when they need a song to fill up some time where they don't want to actually write a script. And then he also teaches dance at a dance studio. And and he looks great when he's in a bathing suit or without his shirt on. Eddie Mecca. He could get it. Let me see it, but okay. So, while Laverne is on the phone, in from the bowling alley comes Rosie Greenbaum. Oh, my God. I love Rosie Greenbaum so much.
1: She is in 16 episodes of this 177 episode um, television show, David. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering why she deserved applause when she give me a character. She who is she? Because I just looked up Stan is in 26 of the 177 episodes of the Golden Girls. But but we were beyond the point where we were in a series like where they would applaud entrances, which I hear for everybody getting applause when they enter. It makes mm-hmm. me, it just makes me laugh. But so I wondered why she got applause because I'm wondering how important she is in the show. It's uh,
0: she is, I mean, important is anything important. What had happened was they had brought her in. Is she like a Miles? Like she shows up like
1: every once in a while and you're like, oh, I love him. Yeah. Uh, Oh, I love her.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's what's going on here. But the reason why we love her, as you see, is that she is a foil for Laverne. She is clearly from the streets. She is clearly not a classy person, but she married a proctologist and always is flaunting her wealth to the girls. Stop at a proctologist. A proctologist.
1: I shit you not. I'm going to enjoy that. (laughs) Yeah, she's only on 16 episodes, they should mention that every time she's on.
0: Yeah. Being married to a proctologist. She absolutely should. Yeah. Ogden is the name of the husband. That's who she's talking about when she's like, hey, Ogden wouldn't mind if I gave you my ticket. But you know what? This would be the one time he'd want to go. I better not give you my tickets.
1: But all you have to do is throw in, you know, Ogden wouldn't mind. Ogden, my proctologist husband. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, <laughs> as something as she looks around to make sure everybody hears her. Yeah, I would have, I would have used that as the joke every episode she
0: was on. If I, were I back. wish they had. I think you are right that they should have. Uh, but first things first, she's coming in with Lenny following her. And Lenny is saying, come on, let me fix your car. First words out of her, hey, what do you know about repairing a Cadillac? Making sure we know Rosie drives a Cadillac. That was a big thing. And uh, so when we first met her, the first time it was at a reunion for, I want to say sorority, but I don't know if that's the right term Oh, the group they belong to, the Adora Debs or whatever. The Angora Ang- Debs.
1: Angora Debs, yeah. I, so, I read. I read about this. Shit.
0: Okay, so you did do your Good God, you're making up for last time, huh? <laughs> so, yeah. So in that episode, to see this tough chick and to know that she can get under laverne skin and again penny marshall is so funny and to see penny marshall just always and then you know but naturally surely having to get between them she would have to physically jump and keep them from beating the shit out of each other uh and and the word the word bimbo yeah when rosie says hey celebrities don't dine with bimbos and Laverne says, I hear the mayor dined with you. Well, let me get at it. Bimbo is like calling someone a cunt in this. Okay, so be sure that that is a word that they do not throw around lightly. And uh, so, yeah, that's why Rosie was a favorite because her chemistry is so good with them. And I wish they had used her more. It's such a great character
1: because Laverne knows that they're the exactly the same. But she got married to a rich guy, so she doesn't have to deal with being a bottle capper anymore. Exactly. It did bother me that she had that Brooklyn accent too. But I think it made her more like Laverne. So but like again, why are we in Milwaukee if we're just all gonna have a Brooklyn accent? Yep. Um, but I so whatever. But
0: um yeah. Wasn't she great though? I mean, didn't you yeah, wasn't there a great shift in energy and dynamic and status? When yeah. she came on the screen. And interestingly, if you look at the graphic for this episode, I think if you're if you're watching this or listening to this on Apple Podcasts these days, the graphic that I do, the little advertising graphic for TV Talkaholics, it has a cast photo in there. And in that cast photo, Carol Eda White as Rosie is there as though she is a regular cast member mm. when she never, ever was. She was always just a, a you know a guest star who showed up regularly but not often. Anyhow, this was again as a typical quintessential *Laverne and Shirley* episode. This was perfect having her there having her the rich one having gotten the tickets and then kind of dangling them in front of shirley and saying oh i you know you could have mine and shirley's like "Ah, ah, yes please i would be happy to buy them from you surely i'm rich i would give them to you but you know ogden might want to use them and that would be i better not and so while she's doing this and just i mean good god you know dangling meat before a tiger Laverne sees this and Laverne is on the phone and she has fucking had it. So Laverne slams down the phone, walks over and says, well, Shirley, I got the tickets and we are having dinner with Fabian before the show. Oh, no, she doesn't say that.
1: What does she say? She says we are having supper with (sighs) Fabian before the show. But then what's her pussy says, um rosie greer over here green says her too she <laughs> says she says Fabian wouldn't have dinner with no bimbos yeah so i wonder what the actual scripted words were and why they would use too because supper is a very northern midwestern white trash
0: thing <laughs> called, called dinner yep we we called it we were not white trash up in brockton massachusetts the west side huh? i will add okay we called it supper. Okay. Yeah. Do you have wood paneling in your house? How dare you! You are white trash, honey. How dare you? Yeah. Um. No. Um. So. Uh. Yeah. So with that. The, the, again, to me, just the natural comedic abilities of these actresses. Shirley's reaction when Laverne says that that all is happening. <laughs> Cindy Williams doing her, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, good God. I watched this episode again today, Matthew, while I was at work. I watched it on my break and I had the earphones in. I was still laughing out loud. I've seen this episode probably 50 times in the reruns. I, I laughed
1: out loud at this point. I'm, I wrote it down at what I laughed out loud. at. I've laughed out loud three
0: times by the, mm-hmm. at this point. Shirley's reaction is just br- so brilliant and so funny. And again, it's about the commitment level. That's what it is, is she is so... <laughs> and to the point where Laverne's like, okay, Cheryl, people are staring here. Come on. So this is where Rosie challenges and says, Laverne, oh, I love her. She says, ah, oh, liar, liar, pants on fire, DeFazio. I, God, I love Rosie so much. And so uh, she calls her out. Rosie's like, there's no fucking way that you are doing that. And Shirley jumps in and says, no, don't you dare. Laverne would never lie to me about this because she knows how much Fabian means to me. And so they make a bet. She's like, I will bet you that you don't actually have dinner supper with Fabian and Shirley's like fine and they come up with this bet and Laverne's like uh, bet a better nickel <laughs> but uh anyway and so Rosie says well my maid is off next week again a great chance to mention she has a maid my maid is off next week so when you girls lose the bet you gotta come to my house and scrub all my floors with a toothbrush and yes it's Rosie Greenbaum sounds like Joe Paul in the check fuck you yeah, she's so
1: rich and high and mighty. She's hanging out at the pizza and bowl. <laughs> I know, she's bowling. She does have her own bowling ball, though. You notice? Of she had course a, has she case, does.
0: Has so her she, and
1: La- she and Laverne are the same person.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, Lenny suggests that they get proof of a photo of the girls kissing Fabian on the cheeks. And so Rosie and Shirley agree and shake hands on this bet, at which point Rosie leaves. And Laverne, thankfully, fesses up. Right away. And she's like, Shirley. I'm sorry. She says, Cheryl, I lied. No. And she's like, You oh my God. And so then Shirley suddenly says, No, no, I'm tired of all the whining. And it gets a laugh the way she says it, because she has been a blubbering mess this whole show. And she says, We're going to win this bet. We're going straight to Fabian's hotel room. And all it involves is a French accent and a wiggle. And this is where the scene is missing. Something told me this was where you were going to have issue.
1: Talk to me, Matthew. A maid's costume with an L on it. (laughs) Why didn't Laverne say, you know, why didn't they lay out the plan like it was going to be really easy? Like, we'll wear our we'll wear those stewardess costumes we wore last year for Halloween. Those looking up like a French maid's costume or whatever. And something to, to get them to see them trying to sneak into the hotel. They walk into the man, like how'd they get in the kitchen?
0: Yeah. Where do they get the cart from? Yeah. And, where- and put the camera under the dome where the food would be. They had their camera hidden there.
1: And who, <laughs> right. And who like, it's just <laughs> things like weren't explained. Like, I mean, I get it. I'm I'm suspending I'm I'm having a sense of whimsy.
0: Yeah. I was but... just gonna ask you where your whimsy
1: was, Matthew. <laughs> but I just would I'm I want to give them as much physical comedy as possible. Them stealing, them sneaking by people, climbing under the front desk to get into the hotel, mm-hmm. almost getting caught by the manager, whatever, getting into the elevator, the elevator door closes. Because he says, these are those two French broads I told you about later, or whatever, you know? the two French pods that the store that the hotel manager told me are loose in the building. So that's why you're asking me, did you check the bathroom? Did you check? Yeah. Ugh, I have, I have questions. I have,
0: like, I want to write this so bad. You got, you got rewrites to send back in the time machine. I will see to it yes. that they are done, that that mm. is done. I, I, I cannot argue Why do that. they
1: need a French accent? You're in Milwaukee. Yeah. Your, your food service in a restaurant or a hotel in Milwaukee. You need a French accent. Oh, Tray Classe yeah. over there at the Adams Mark in downtown Milwaukee.
0: <laughs> well, you assume he's staying at the nicest hotel. Of yeah, course. I'm sorry. He's at the La Quinta. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, the deal you, you know what? Jesus, you could be right that this all takes place in one day. This could, this technically could. Wow. Um anyway, uh, so the the TV trope of playing the maid, sneaking in the room service. You know, remember uh Greg and Marcia did that to try to meet Davy Jones on the Brady Bunch. That's such a such a trope. Do you know how happy I am to be talking to you about this episode? I am I'm so very happy, to happy be here. right now. I'm so happy.
1: Ah. <sighs> Anyway. So we're in
0: the hotel. We're in the hotel room. So yeah. we get in the hotel room. Uh, so I guess it's his manager. I don't know who this dude Pete is because he seems to be kind of like a manager. Or he a, says he's
1: going to go get publicity shots.
0: Yeah. So, so is I'm he like, and
1: he's his publicist or his manager
0: or whatever? His manager, or his publicist, but he also plays the piano and later. Is his bodyguard apparently, as and well. is his bodyguard, and yeah, it's it's kind of this jack of all trades. Um, well, we have to take a moment. Elvis had talk- a guy like that, I think. Elvis. <laughs> well, guess what? This guy who plays manager Pete is our second Facts of Life connection in this episode. Stop it right now. Yes. I, I, I cannot stop. No, I am already gone. This train has You're left going. the You're station. Already- the actor is Ken Lerner. And we saw him on The Facts of Life, Season 9, Episode 6, Up From Down Under. Remember when Pippa arrives and we instantaneously hate her? her? Is it her dad? No. Oh, it's her bitch. cab driver. Remember? She shows up and they're like, who the fuck are you and why are you here? She's like, well, i was always supposed to stay here and miss Edna it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even on a talkaholic, <laughs> I don't want to hear that fucking accent. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, and then the cab driver comes in and he's like, Yeah, that'll be $179. So we're like, We instantaneously hated Pippa because they had to pay for her cab ride. Ken Lerner, this guy, was the cab driver in oh, uh, that episode of Facts of Life. So he'd be fun come. to have a conversation with, mm-hmm. truly. So, uh, as we said. Laverne and Shirley come in. They're just let right into the room with a food cart. They're dressed as French mates. They're calling themselves Lulu and Mimi, and not Laverne... not Lulu, not Lulu and Shishi. Shishi, exactly. Why wouldn't you? I thought that too. You're so right. So anyhow, uh, it's clear Shirley is the one who is good at the French accent. Laverne is not, All right. And he leaves them in the room. And his last words are, "If the security guards come by, just show them your employee identification cards, okay?" Yeah, security and he's gone. Guards are gonna knock on your
1: knock on a closed hotel room door? Yeah, and ask for your employee ID.
0: Yeah. So then, in the next scene, we go to a little bit later the same night, and a bellhop comes in with some dry cleaning. Freddie the bellhop is played by Fred Fox Jr. He was a writer, um, son of Red Fox. <laughs> uh, maybe not, mm. but he is actually a writer. He wrote uh, an episode of *Laverne and Shirley* the previous season. Father wrote- of Michael J. Michael. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Michael J. was originally going to be Freddie Fox the third, but they changed mm. it to Michael. Yeah, it's a lot. Yep, but he was a producer and writer on *Happy Days*. Joni loves Chachi, and also wrote. 40 episodes of family matters from 1990 to 1998 and was some sort of a producer or executive producer for pretty much all of family matters so Mm. we have this guy to thank for that so at
1: that time he did not deserve the applause that he received when he walked into the fucking
0: room i wondered if he was singing something that was familiar to the audience and I did okay. Google the lyrics to see if there was an actual song and I couldn't find it. Did you?
1: No, I couldn't hear I didn't know he was singing so I just I thought he was just being like "dum ti dum ti
0: dum" No, he's Dum-de-dum. saying, "Then my baby left me Wednesday. Won't be back till Thursday. Don't know what I'm going to do if I lost my baby. I said I said my baby, I think I'll be a little crazy." So, he's just winging it I think, but mm-hmm. It's just something and, and by the way, his hair is so long. His hair, just like Michael McKeon, is so ridiculously 1970s, like beyond.
1: Or beyond. 1950s greasers.
0: No, their hair length in the back below the neck. No. Yeah. The back the On back the would be
1: yeah, the back would be tighter. You're right.
0: So to- totally that the, the duck's ass, the DA, that was the big thing. Literally, the way they did John Travolta's hair in Greece yeah. really was right. Um, So anyway, so he comes in, opens up the closet door, another physical comedy moment where we have Laverne and Shirley hanging on hooks inside the doors. Take a take a hit, Matthew. Take a shot. And so they're hanging. on, And so he opens the doors and initially doesn't see them, hangs up the dry cleaning, dances and sings his way out. And just before he leaves, he turns back and says, oh, excuse me. I see you, and you're both going to be arrested. Sorry. And he shuts the door. Go to commercial. Very weird for a bellhop to know that they're going to be arrested. Uh, you're going to prison. For... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Or or you might just be removed and
1: yeah. have Trespass. to pay a fine.
0: Trespassing or something. So And so with that, we go to commercial left on this thing of, oh my God, are Laverne and Shirley going to go to jail? Oh my God, what's going to happen? So I thought now would be a good time to start uh, babbling on about the normal shit I babble about. Um, Let's talk about the Nielsons. Laverne and Shirley first appeared on Happy Days as two girls kind of from the other side of the tracks that Fonzie knows to be dates for him and Richie. Laverne for him, Shirley for Richie. And they were on season three, episode 10 of Happy Days in the fall of 1975. Well, it was such a popular episode, the network apparently got letters because people wrote letters back in those days. And very quickly, they said, spin them off into their own show. So that was the fall of 75. Laverne and Shirley premiered in January of 1976. They put this show together in a matter of months. When you think of how long they take to develop shows and test audiences and all that, it, it was crazy. But it's a tried and true format. You're mm-hmm. not
1: reinventing the wheel. <laughs> oh, exactly. I'm sure that's you know. So I mean, this had to be a little bit easier for somebody like Gary Marshall. Oh, than... yeah. Oh, true. Exactly.
0: But still, it's just that timeline is still very short, even for a show that's already been greenlit. That's a short. I mean, yeah as far as locking in the cast and getting the the things. And, you know, Gary Marshall talks about when they were building the show, he's like, oh, I saw these two guys named Lenny and Squiggy. They did this act. I said, get them on the show. And I saw them at a party. And boom, anyway, yeah. that's my Gary Marshall impression. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yep. So uh it premiered at number three, season one. And that was basically a half season, number three. Season two, they were number two in the Nielsen's. Seasons three and four, they were the number one show. This surpassed Happy Days. Happy Days always scored very well. And of course, this is when All in the Family uh, had already toppled a bit. You know, we're at the, the later end of the All in the Family reign. But seasons three and four, they were the number one show. So of course, what did they do? They said the show is number one. Clearly, it has such a big following. We can change the night that we show it. And they moved it from Tuesday nights after Happy Days to Thursday nights. Opposite the Waltons and Buck Rogers. That was for season five. Season five did not even make the top 30. The the ratings plummeted. And that was with half a season where they ended up putting them back halfway through the season, put them back after Happy Days on Tuesdays.
1: Where was the Waltons and where was Buck Rogers? I don't know. I didn't check to okay. see, but they I'm were just wondering like how badly they beat
0: them. Like were they in the top 10? I
1: guess Good they would question. have to, they would have to be. Well, maybe they, I
0: don't know. Oh yeah. I guess they would. I'm pretty sure at least the Waltons was the Waltons was a popular show. Um. So then now that they were back, In the thing, they never quite recovered from that. Season six, which begins the moving to Hollywood seasons, which are just not good. The show really jumps the shark there. Uh, Season six, they're 21 in the Nielsen. Season seven, they're 20. And even season eight, they're 25. They're still in the top 30. That awful last season where Cindy Williams leaves and it just is Laverne and friends. And they were planning a season nine. They were going to plan to have Laverne move back to New York. And well, that wasn't the
1: plan. That was
0: Penny Marshall's request that they were like,
1: eh. Well, she had said she wouldn't do it otherwise. Like Yeah. And they yeah. said, yeah, there was no plan to do that. That was just her being like, I'll do it if. Yeah.
0: And they ended up getting canceled before that anyway. So yeah. Um, so that's how just interesting to the, me. How
1: old hmm? are the girls at the beginning of the <laughs> How old that's... are the characters? Yeah. Did they establish how old they are or did they leave that up to our imagination
0: because um, i
1: couldn't tell if they were like 21 and 22 or if they were like pushing 40.
0: well <laughs> funny you should ask they are they're in their 20s absolutely they're young girls who are not yet married so they're working Um, so they're supposed to be in their 20s i recall an episode i'm pretty sure in it was in hollywood And it had to do with the girls talking about how they are aging. And I feel like in that episode, Laverne says, Well, I look pretty good for 29, don't I? So I think they're supposed to be 24.
1: That has to be a joke. Does it get a laugh? No, absolutely not. They're
0: dead serious. Okay.
1: Because she's 33. She's 33 or 31 or two at the beginning of the.
0: Yeah. At the, at the time Penny of this Marshall. episode, what we're looking at, Penny Marshall's 34, Cindy Williams is 30, both Lenny and Squiggy are 30, Mrs. Babish is 58, uh, Frank, Laverne's father, is 64, uh, Carmine, whom we don't see, is only 25. Eddie Mecca was young. Uh, Rosie Greenbaum, how old do you think she is? Did you look it up? 53. <laughs> She's 29. Jesus Christ. <laughs> she could have passed for 45 and no one would have blinked. And Fabian, by the way. That's, that's why she didn't do too many episodes. She was busy touring and Call Me Madam. For that <laughs> sake. So uh, here's the funny thing. Fabian is 34 here. Yeah. In the year that this show is supposed to be taking place which is another whole sidebar I have to go on. Uh, This is supposed to be allegedly 1962. So Fabian is supposed to be playing himself at 19 here. Mm.
1: And uh, yeah. I was trying to figure out if that was Fabian's 1979 look. Oh God, yeah. Or Or if they like did what they did to him in the Facts of Life and tried to make him look
0: younger. Yeah, no, no, that hair was his hair. And again, it was so long. If they were going to put a wig on him, they would have done something shorter. Because his hair, he was known for his pompadour. He was known for having short hair, but the big, uh, high, kind of what the high end tight looks like nowadays. I remember that was his nickname, actually, at the club. And
1: I remember we used to call him, um, we used to call him the hair. Did you?
0: You played at a club where Fabian Forte played. No, I mean like a club. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. You mean you were performing and he was in the audience? Or do you mean a gentleman's club? If
1: you want to call a a steam room an audience, then yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. Oh, oh, the health, the fitness club. You're talking. I'm sorry. Jesus. Yeah, well when you say club, there's a lot of different uh things come to
1: mind here. I'm very much into fitness. Fitness in your mouth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sheboygan. Okay. So um as I said, they moved to Hollywood in season five and then it just just became about nothingness. It was it was just awful. Seasons six, seven, and eight are just just unwatchable in some cases, really bad. So let's talk about some of the show Bible inconsistencies. This is one of those shows, as Ken Reed so eloquently has put it, it's a period show that forgot it was a period show. Happy Days was supposed to be about the 50s, since all the 50s nostalgia was going on, sweeping the nation in the 70s. So this was supposed to be an extension of that. The girl's supposed to be in the 50s. However, once we get to the Hollywood seasons, they start including in the opening credits a scene of them Assembled on the couch, specifically filmed for the opening credits, where they say ha- there's a big Happy New Year, 1965, 66, 67. So season eight, the final season, it says that it's Happy New Year, 1967. So if you retrofit eight seasons, that means that season one of Laverne and Shirley takes place in 1960 which we know does not align with Happy Days because occasionally Fonzie and Richie would pop in and make a guest visit. But as a show that's supposed to, quote-unquote, take place in the 50s, (laughs) by that standard, this show never took place in the 50s. Very weird. The hairstyles are are just egregious. So not period. It was that time i wrote this
1: down typical of the time period that the outfits were perhaps correct like they had scarves around their necks in one scene yeah um but 1979 hair like cindy's dorothy Hamill cut yeah i mean yeah for god's
0: sake yeah and it never ever really was period they kind of puffed up penny's hair they kind of ratted it up a little bit in the earlier seasons but even that was also of the 70s yeah, and yeah, the costumes are hit and miss. In the earlier seasons, you do see them, and they talk about poodle skirts and sweater. My lucky sweater—that's a thing. And you know, like you say, the scarves. Uh, the the what what are the black and white shoes? Pedal pushers—is that what those are called? Yep, saddle shoes. Saddle shoes. So you see them in those. So yeah, you know. But like, look at what Rosie is wearing—a a rich woman in 1962. She would probably have been a doctor's wife. She'd have probably been more leaning towards the Jackie O. Yeah. You know, the 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 suit, the yeah. matching skirt suit with a hat and gloves. No one ever wears a goddamn hat in this, unless it's a winter hat to be warm, you know, and everybody wore hats in the 50s and the 60s. So not even close. And you, you've heard me talk about there's an episode late, like in season eight, where Squiggy turns to Carmine and says, Hey, how'd you like to do me a favor and uh, uh, earn a quick 200 bucks? And he wants Carmine to take his sister out on a date. And his sister is played by David L. Lander in drag. Hilarious. And her name is Squendolin. But he offers Carmine $200. Like to do him this favor casually, and I'm like I went through the whole thing. I think I went through this on Ken Reed's show too, where I was like two hundred dollars was like a month and a half salary for the average American, not people who worked as you know truck drivers at a brewery and anyway, uh, yeah, so it definitely forgot it was period, and the costumes in many cases just got more and more generic. but uh, yeah. Let me see.
1: Are we back in the presidential street suite that has a huge one room
0: with a fucking piano in it? <laughs> we are not. Not even a separate <laughs> bedroom? We're we're not yet, no. Um, so earlier we- today, as we were preparing for this, you texted me a link to a YouTube video of the animated series, Laverne and Shirley in the Army. Mm-hmm. And you had never heard of that. Of course, you hadn't watched this. So I think people that say, and
1: that is now forever going to be my response when people post on Facebook, oh, 80 Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. We loved it. I am going to comment Laverne and Shirley joined the army. Yep. Mm-hmm. I watched an episode. Yeah.
0: It's awful. invasion
1: of the booby hatchers i watched
0: (laughs) yeah and is it is it a is it a
1: pig who's their sergeant hey they have a sergeant you talk about cuckoo bananas with no explanation it's like somebody it's like they got the artist from animal farm or something that was popular maybe at the time
0: yeah but he is a pig right that's their superior officer right yeah their superior officer is a pig yeah, played by Ron I mean, Palillo, no. by by yeah. Horseshack on Welcome Back, Cotter, doing his Horseshack. All right, ladies, it would be time for you to now have to go over to the... It's like, yeah, no, it is whack-a-fucking-doodle. And typical Hanna-Barbera. I know everyone elevates, oh, Hanna-Barbera, it's like, okay, after they stopped doing Tom and Jerry, once they got into the Flintstones and doing TV and was like, oh, we can make this cheaper and shittier and cheaper and shittier, and the kids don't care. Yeah. So they did. They did not. They did not say, well, let's still put out something quality. And this was really in the bad, bad, bad Hanna Barbera times, where at one point the series was retitled to Laverne and Shirley with the Fonz, and it was combined with a half an hour Happy Days animated show. And then it became the Mork and Mindy Laverne and Shirley Fonz hour. uh, Yeah. And and in the Fonzie show, he had an anthropomorphic dog called Mr. Cool, uh, played by Frank Welker, who does the voice of Scooby-Doo. But it's like, you know, they would just keep repackaging the same shit and giving it different names. You know, at what point I think they had the Pac-Man Little Rascals hour. The pac-man, I mean, talk about I like peanut butter. Can you swim? I remember as a late late teen just happening to flip on Saturday mornings because you know I didn't I wasn't really watching much by the 80s, but I remember thinking, what the fuck is happening? But that ran concurrently with the show. That was 81 to 82. It ran for two seasons, 21 episodes. And it was during the run of this that Cindy Williams quit slash got fired from the show uh so they had to use another actress to be the voice of shirley in it um another talkaholic point is they had to do with uh billing they had to make sure that they got equal billing So you'll notice that Penny Marshall's on the left of the screen because she is Laverne of Laverne and Shirley. But Cindy Williams on the right, her name is always a little higher in position. So if you read top to bottom, Cindy Williams' name is first. If you read left to right, uh, Penny Marshall's name is first. And uh, you know who started a thing like that? Ethel Merman. And Jimmy Durante Mm -hmm. in Red Hot and Blue on Broadway in 1936. They did two diagonal stripes. You know your Ethel Merman history. Go figure. Or do I know my billing history? <clears throat> no, do you? <laughs> yeah. All right, so billing history. Do you remember how they did the billing for Will and Grace? No. To similarly make sure they got equal billing. They took it to the next level. Eric McCormick and Deborah Messing were always billed the same way Penny Marshall and Cindy Williams were here. But- They would also trade positions every other episode. So one episode, it would be Eric McCormick, Deborah Messing a little higher. Next episode would be Deborah Messing on the left, lower, and Eric McCormick a little bit higher. Isn't that
1: crazy? You're on the biggest hit on NBC, and that is what you're worried about. I know,
0: but that's it. Uh, You want to know what else was on? The Waltons. No, because it's Tuesday, not Thursday. I'll go through this quickly. On CBS, we had The Fitzpatricks at 8 o'clock. That was a half-season family drama starring Clark Brandon and Helen Hunt, among others. So, Facts of Life alums, as it were. At 9 o'clock was MASH. You know, MASH was huge. 9.30 was One Day at a Time. 10 o'clock was Lou Grant. On ABC, Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, Three's Company, Soap, and Family. God, I loved Soap and then at nbc eight o'clock man from atlantis nine o'clock mulligan stew this night which was a six episode educational series about teens in a band and then at 10 o'clock Policewoman with the wonderful angie dickinson so there you go do we want to get back to this hotel room matthew want to go back into the hotel room
1: yeah, because there's not a whole lot left to say, is there? I'm sorry. I'm down to my last half page. Oh, oh uh, good.
0: All right. Mm-hmm.
1: So the girls are freaking out, right? Because they're yes. going to prison. And then this guy comes in. So they got to hide. So they go out onto the window ledge. But the first window they go to is locked. Oh, no. Let's go to the second window. Oh, I'm able to unlock this one.
0: But the other one is she
1: they, they, it's it's locked. Let's go to the next one.
0: Why? I don't um, know either. Other than to point out to us that the windows are lockable, which is why they get locked out. Okay.
1: But her unlocking the window. And opening it, like making the physical act of unlocking the window. Anyway, I'm okay with that. But and that also would have put them between two windows, which meant they couldn't move very far. True. Which would have been giving them some more comedy. I'm going to take a drink for my own idea.
0: <laughs> a girl. So there is a little bit of a running joke that happens here. When they're out on the ledge and they're like, and the other guys come back in. We have the, the bellhop and the manager dude come in and they're looking for them. Well, they were just here. Okay. Hey, shut that window. You want Fabian to catch a cold? So we see him shut the window and lock it. So then Laverne says, I see an open window the next floor up. I'm going to climb up. Right. There might not be an open window on this level. Uh, Apparently not. So (laughs) Laverne goes to climb up and she grabs kind of one of the, I guess, tusks or fangs of this gargoyle face. And she pulls and one of them snaps off. And Penny Marshall so perfectly is like, oh, oh, I broke a building. I broke a building. Yeah. That was a running gag. You'll see when you revisit the series, Matthew, like at one point she's being dragged out of a store and she grabs a mannequin and the mannequin snaps in half. And she's like, I broke a lady. I broke a lady. That's a that's a running thing in a few episodes. Okay. They didn't give us a lot of it, but they gave us a few. So that was one of note. Um. So she ends up climbing up onto the flagpole. And again, just all the physical stuff, and then cuts to them down. They're twelve stories up. They do say that. They're twelve floors yeah. up. so they're they are gonna fucking die if they fall. Well,
1: we get a we get a couple good shots of stock footage of oh, yeah. traffic down below. absolutely. Um, but it's so ridiculous because in that, though, again, not a new concept. name I can name at least three other um sitcoms. Where characters get stuck out on, hiding on a window ledge and get stuck. Facts of Life is one of them. Yeah, true. Um, um, But I was half expecting Batman and Robin to make an appearance, for Christ's (laughs) sake. It was so ridiculous. Walking
0: sideways with the poles
1: in their capes, yeah. (laughs) So ridiculous. But I wasn't mad at it. At all, I would have given them maybe some different physical comedy to do. They had those short skirts on, they could have used that oh, much okay. more to their advantage. Yeah, and I realized it's 1960 or 1984 but... or oh no, 80,
0: 77. Yeah,
1: yeah, so I realized that, but I mean, I would have given them some different physical comedy to do. Yeah. I would have put the flagpole between the two windows and had her swing back and forth. You know what I mean? Yeah. And be seen in both windows at different yeah. times. And I don't know. Again, that's just going in the old. But that was a lot of physical comedy. That bitch.
0: Yeah, you you have a couple of hits coming to you for that. What are you drinking anyway? Smirnoff, is it? Green apple Smirnoff. Green apple Smirnoff, straight out of the bottle, because you are a classy broad. I'm not a pussy. <laughs> Another kind of a running, I, I don't know how to describe it. It wasn't like a running gag, but when she says to Shirley, hey, have a look and see if anyone's in there. Take a look and the see. The walk, the walk. The, walk. Williams, the, just, the squatty, was- the the knees bent squatty walk while snapping the fingers by your side. Seriously, it was brilliant. I was
1: just expecting a peek in the window. And when I got that, I was very satisfied.
0: I mean, that's that's technically the Angora Deb walk. That's that's a walk that they attribute to. That's how <laughs> the Angora Debs would walk. But anytime they needed to be like tough or and, or casual, whatever, oh. it was that that funny, just <laughs> that the, the most uncasual, casual sure. walk. And and again, just their physicality is everything. This just, oh, makes my heart happy seeing this again. Like I said, I was watching this today and I was laughing out loud in the break room, just like going, God, I love this. Um, The other thing I love about Cindy Williams, Cindy Williams has a fantastic scream when she gives a full-on blood-curdling scream, when she sees Fabian, later when Fabian is singing, good, God, it is amazing.
1: One of my notes is isn't that funny cuz one of my notes is I'm obsessed with Cindy Williams Non-Scream.
0: Non-Scream.
1: Because, Why? Cuz I love the choice to make the window soundproof. Oh, and when they're filming from inside the apartment, she's out there up against the window screaming you know that cindy williams is on the other side with their mouth open pretending to scream and nothing yeah. is coming out of her mouth yeah and that was fantastic yeah that was like just standing on the other side with the silent scream coming out of yeah, that with face. both of her
0: hands on top of
1: her head just ah! and i've i fully <laughs> believed she was screaming on the other side of that
0: yeah. window so commitment man if there was ever an exercise a lesson in commitment man they they do it. And yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. So yeah, Shirley starts screaming because she sees that Fabian is is in the room now. So she comes in. So she's like, got to get Laverne down because Laverne's up on the flagpole. So Laverne comes down and then Shirley ends up grabbing. La- Laverne is like g- hugging it with her arms and her legs. Shirley has got her arms around Laverne's midsection. And now Shirley is swinging free with hanging on to Laverne, who's hanging on the flagpole and... Uh, again more physical stuff take another hit are you you shit-faced yet so yeah anyway fabian is left alone and he sees them out on the ledge he lets them in and good god he is so much nicer than he needs to be well
1: again i wrote down another laugh out loud moment was a directorial choice or maybe those two i doubt those two came up with it together but the them looking in the window with their noses, moving their noses around yes! on the window,
0: on the glass. Yeah,
1: I laughed out loud, and I thought I would have loved that to go on for about another three minutes. <laughs> like, figure them like rubbing their faces, getting yeah. getting it wet, having to wipe it off. Like, I would have given them so much more to do with that because it was so goddamn good. Yeah,
0: and you could tell noses the,
1: up against the windows, moving around, wishing them
0: <laughs> just so fucking funny. And you know that in the exterior set, when they're on the ledge, you can tell there's no panes of glass in that window. Like yeah, when they're right. when when there's no one in the room and they're just like, get us in, get let us in, let us out, let us in, yeah. let us in. You can see she's not banging on. She's not even banging on the frame of it because there's nothing there. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's definitely That's glass. Why I
1: expected Batman and Robin to, to yeah <laughs> pull themselves up.
0: Oh so, yeah. So. He is so sweet He because he's like, are you coming to the show tonight? You did all this for me. And they're like, they start crying because they are not coming to see the show. So he just snaps his fingers. And let me tell you, Pete just produces two backstage passes and hands them to him. Here, have backstage passes. You crazy, hanging off of a
1: 12-foot building. (laughs) We have gone from... The whole, he walks in, his first scene, did you check the bathroom? I'd hate for somebody to say they met me in a bathroom. Was that a wink? I felt like that was a wink. I'd hate for, I mean, he did say, I'd hate for a lady to say the first time she met me was in a bathroom or something like that. But I was like, hmm, Fabian, because he is not difficult to look at. He I'm is I, very attractive. I get it. I'm I'm with sure. I'm I'm team Sherl on this one. <laughs> but we've gone from the whole did you check the bathroom? If anyone is in there, they're going to prison to hey yeah. these two crazy chicks I was telling you about, to let's take a picture and sit here while I fucking warm up. Yeah. Okay. And come backstage, you crazy stalkers. Yeah. yeah. Come That's back where backstage. Every Be... huge star.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And how interesting that they are so starstruck that he says, oh, I see you have a camera where you wanted to take a picture. It's like they would have probably forgotten the fucking picture and if also, it wasn't for him.
1: Elvis was around. Elvis was around at the time. Fabian yeah. was around at the time. They've seen women faint over them. I love how he's like, you did all this for me. Yeah. You're exactly. fucking Fabian Forte. Yes, we did
0: this for you, you asshole. Yeah, and forty thousand other girls also yeah. would have if they could have found the costumes. Yeah, if they'd only had an L that started their name <laughs> and and a costume downstairs. uh So they take the picture. They now have the passes, and they're going to be able to see the concert. So they they have won the bet at this point. And then he says, "Well, you girls don't mind if I warm up." Oh, and he puts the, he puts his coats on them. He tells Pete to get them coats because they're oh, freezing,
1: yeah. and he tells so, them to kiss him. He
0: says, "Kiss me on the cheeks." Yeah. So, <clears throat> okay. and he says, "Why don't we sit on the bed?" And Laverne jumps back to where the pillows are, like and is like Pat, like come oh, yeah. over here. Perfect character for Laverne. That's what Laverne right. would do. And right. he beautifully, comedically, kind of does a no. Padding yeah. it right here. We're going to sit at the end of the bed. Um, so then he says, you don't mind if I warm up. And so then this manager, Pete also is apparently his accompanist, his rehearsal yeah. pianist. Yeah. So he starts and he says, let's do Tiger. That's his, that's his, he's also his musical director. M- musical director, <laughs> Mr. Paul Schaefer, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, so he says, let's start with Tiger. At which point I think it's Laverne that says, oh, oh would you do Turn Me Loose? That's our favorite. And he's like, oh, okay, let's do Turn Me Loose. So he does, he starts singing Turn Me Loose, and it is a new recording. It's not him lip syncing the record. Why are you? Hmm? Why are does you? He,
1: does he start singing? He's lip syncing his
0: own voice. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Oh, it's clearly pre-recorded without question.
1: I thought you were implying he was singing live, David. Oh, fuck no. I was about to hang up and take out everything I've said up to this point. And demand that you take down every single episode of F- Face the Facts. So you have to re-record the whole last three seasons. Oh, no. Which means you'd have to sit through them again.
0: Oh, no, no, please. No, 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 no. I never, ever would say that he was singing live. Okay. <clears throat> Nor would I ever say Pete was actually playing the piano when they do the cutaways to Pete, basically flailing his fingers on the...
1: <laughs> he looked like the fucking... A monkey at Showbiz Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Wait,
0: it um, looked like when Fred Armisen would do Liberace on the... Again, ridiculous,
1: <laughs> but I was it, it, it was totally so did
0: not offend me. It, it did it not was, offend It me was right par there. for the course. Was it anything out it of was, the did you expect anything no, else? No, i Absolutely got exactly, not. I got exactly what I wanted out of it, but So while Um, he's singing, the girls are listening and, and doing along. And Cindy Williams is just playing this intense. Dad's just so fixated and focused on his singing and do the beat. And then just starts screaming her head off, startles him. And then they do another bit where Shirley comes over and grabs his leg Laverne runs over and like throws her legs around him. So he's holding and carrying Laverne and trying to kind of walk across the room and this great physical bit of him still singing, never stop singing, but carrying- No matter how
1: many times he closes his mouth, he's still singing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then he's just dragging and walking along with the two of them attached to him. And it is gloriously, gloriously, visually hysterical.
1: I had to watch it twice because I'm so glad I did because I missed the part the first time I watched it because while Laverne is kissing him while he's singing with her legs wrapped around him and he's carrying her. God love him. Um, Shirley is on the floor on her hands and knees beating her head against the stage.
0: Yes, yes, she's beating her head on the floor, yes!
1: And Ah! if she's not hitting that floor I am a straight man from Alabama that loves boobs. Oh, so <laughs>
0: no, she, she was I doing
1: it, I 100% believe that she was hitting her head <laughs> on that fucking floor. Oh, and my God. I don't believe that that any of... They probably said, we just need you to go crazy for, like, 30 seconds. Yeah. I feel like. Because, and this leads me to the last thing I have to say, David, mm-hmm. about this episode and this, maybe this sitcom.
0: Okay, because we're not done yet. We still have the no, epilogue. But,
1: go ahead there's a freedom with the dia with the dialogue and the direction but and there's a casualness that i can't explain like they talk over each other mm-hmm. they throw away they throw away lines and it it brings a naturalness to it it's almost on a Shit's creek kind of level of of subliminal, I I hate to use that word to describe anything in this show.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. But the
1: subliminal acting, like when Betty Garrett is out the door and Laverne just casually turns and says, "Good luck with that," or mm-hmm. whatever. And like while she's hanging on the flagpole, I don't know that they had any actual lines. Oh God, I think no. Was two of them, just like and her. I love you. 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 I yeah. love you. You know. Who is giving us a thumbs up? I I don't know because my hand was nowhere near my shit well, for that it's one. Doing it
0: again? What's happening?
1: Maybe you're thinking of a thumbs up. I I don't I don't think so. Did you activate AI companion? I did not. Maybe it knows you're agreeing with me, David. Ugh. Thumbs up. Is it gonna detect? So.
0: The... does that make sense it does it does they would they would do that yeah they absolutely would do that where you know if there's a moment that they're both verbally reacting to something it wasn't like a facts of life where molly would say that's cool and then tootie would be like wow i really enjoyed that
1: yeah yeah and it but it also wasn't as forced as them, like, ten girls, like, in Facts of Life, the ten girls walking in. I loved the movie. Did you like the movie? I, a habit, a habit, I loved the movie. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. a great movie. Hubbub hubbub hubbub, 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 You know what I mean? Yeah. So there was, no, it of, was such a fucking... Yeah. Which made it difficult to believe that they hated each
0: other. <laughs> they did not hate each other. From day one, they hated each other. According to them, like, in the reunion special, which I think is on YouTube... Yeah, the, the you way pay they me 50,
1: you pay me my asking price of fifty thousand dollars to sit down with this bitch. I'm not gonna get sit down next to her and go this cunt. This cunt I'm gonna <laughs> sit down next to her and be like, she's the reason that I'm making fifty thousand dollars tonight. <laughs> I, I mean, and I get it. I'm not mad at people from high school anymore. Yeah, but it was also ten years ago, so I'm not. Was it? <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah like, yeah. like, but the fact that everything I read was like from the first season, Gary Marshall wouldn't let his kids visit the set because they were constantly screaming at each other.
0: Yeah. And and there was talk that also Michael McKeon and David L. Lander too, like when it came to the physical bits and when they four that all four of them were very strong willed and had their own opinions. And they said happy it's like if you wanted to be calm, you'd go to the happy day sound stage. Yeah. Yeah. If you wanted to go to bedlam crazy, upsetting place, you would go to Laverne and sound soundstage. From day one. Mm-hmm. Everything I read. Yeah. There was talk that their agents would be on the soundstage with the scripts and counting their lines. Counting lines. Counting how many bits and how many laughs each of them got and all that. They did talk that they worked differently. Like, allegedly, uh, Penny Marshall is one of those fucking people who could memorize her lines in one go so she would be annoyed
1: that everybody else couldn't
0: yeah so she would show up on set like for the first rehearsal after the table read she would show up completely memorized and off book cindy williams on the other hand was like most of the rest of us where you have to pry that script out of her hand for the dress rehearsal
1: i also read that um penny marshall while she would be off script It wouldn't be word for word, whereas Cindy Williams was a word for word person. Like, I'm waiting for this word so I know when to say my line. And that's where the, but again, that's where the freedom of the the dialogue ended up coming in because Laverne would give you the gist of what the fucking line was. Yeah. But Bette Midler said the same thing about, oh my God, surprise, Shelley Long.
0: Oh she has, yeah,
1: just has a different way of working than yeah, I
0: do. That's it. And that's but that's exactly what uh Penny and Cindy try to um maybe uh simplify it to as in terms of in the reunion thing, they're just like, we just work differently. Or excuse it.
1: And yeah. also and also I think, admittedly, by that point, to lay it to rest. It was fucking 30 years ago. We weren't mm-hmm. fucking 29 years old yeah you know the stupid shit i did when i was 29 luckily um it's all recorded on an iphone because those were definitely around when i was
0: 29 (laughs) i'm sure they were Hmm. but that's it but there is a part of me like okay so if you guys were constantly feuding if this set was such a fucking minefield of emotions and and passions and and opinions it's like how the fuck are the scripts not better? Particularly in the later seasons. Maybe they just got tired of fighting and just said, whatever, we're just here to collect the checks and say the lines. But that's my thing. When you when you hear of you know feuds and problems, but you say, Oh, but the show was so much better for it. Uh, no. How bad? For- how bad was it before? Is what I want to yeah. know.
1: No, I'm not for that. But like I I think by the later seasons, it had become so. What's the word? Communication had 100% broken down. Feudal. They were like, I'm going to work. I'm I'm saying the lines. It has done me no good. We're on a hit show. So I'm going to say my fucking lines. I'm not even going to look at her. I'm going to say my line. She's going to say hers. And we're going to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think at that point, they both of them just given up.
0: And yet their chemistry is so extraordinary extraordinary the way but do you ever see
1: b do you ever see fred and apple look at each other like they hated each other no when they weren't supposed to
0: no but I there's mean... there's actors where okay you know we just get through it but the fact that it's like it's it, to me it's heartbreaking that they weren't because they were so good together and had to be like they had so much physical stuff that they had to do where they had to be there for each other like no, I, I. You have to catch her, or she's going to get hurt. Kind of a thing, you know. The fact that it was really so uh, hands on, uh, it just it breaks my heart. Again, it's, yeah. it it hurts. It hurts my heart because of you know. In my childhood, I mean, literally, I thought the best thing I could aspire to do when I'm a grown up is to be as close with a friend as Laverne and Shirley are. Like, that was like the exemplary friendship.
1: Of course. That's why Facts of Life was so important to me because I was younger. and So I, much those, younger. Those were the girls for me. Shirley yeah. and Laverne were the girls for you. Okay. For, for my uncle, Lucy and Apple were the oh, girls. Okay. Sure. You know, for some okay. people, um, Patsy and Adina.
0: Patsy and Adina are the young <laughs> girls. That's the Gen X. Laverne yeah. and Shirley, I guess, and I am strictly Gen Z,
1: so Are I'm you? I'm I am embedded. I have been embedded in more Gen Z
0: <laughs> than I
1: think. Leonardo DiCaprio.
0: Okay, but wow.
1: The point of the story is tell me the epi- the the epitome the ep- epitome
0: epilogue epilogue. There has been a lot of physical comedy. There has been. So you need to take another swig. Uh, but before we come back from this commercial for the epilogue, let me do one more nuts and bolts thing. We did not discuss that the episode was written by Paula A. Roth. Not Paula. Paula. She only has 10 writing credits, including Angie. It's a Living. I'm a Big Girl Now. Joni Loves Chachi. The Love Boat. Perfect Strangers. She also has several consultant credits all over the place. Executive. So she's a, so a puncher-upper. Exactly. Executive consultant, creative consultant, story editor, executive story editor. Mm -hmm. But here's her biggest credit. She was executive producer for every episode of Perfect Strangers, starting Mm. in its second season.
1: Well, it's the same show with men, isn't it? Yeah, isn't it?
0: Truly, yeah. Most recently from 2001- I believe
1: there was an episode of I believe there was an episode of Perfect
0: Strangers where they appeared high up, caught on a on, on a, a ledge, and <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I never watched Perfect Strangers, Matthew. I'm much, much too old. Um, but here's a weird thing. Most recently, from 2001 to 2009, she was the creator and writer, and creative consultant on a German sitcom entitled Mein Leben and Ich. Which is German? My, my darling and me. My life and I. Not Lieben, lieben Leben. L e b e n. My okay. life. Oh, okay. Mein Mein Leben and Ich. And basically, that was the German version of the American show My So Called Life, the Claire Danes show, which didn't did even last long, more, very long. Did it last uh, more than six episodes? From two thousand one to two thousand nine. That's eight well, years.
1: But you know uh, what? Those people, those people also love David Hasselhoff.
0: The, the Germans, man, their their entertainment choices are <laughs> weird. I'd love, um, I'd love to see the French
1: version of my so called life. I bet they think it's hilarious. <laughs>
0: Well, the episode uh, that we're watching was directed by Alan Rafkin. Now, this is a very common name if you watch TV in the 70s and the 80s. He has 96 credits in a 38 year career, starting in 1962 with 77 Sunset Strip. Most recently, he directed nine episodes of Veronica's Closet in oh, 1997 to mo-
1: 2000. That was most recently?
0: Well, I mean, if he started. In 1962, he's probably retired. He's probably. I think
1: they don't like to be. They don't like to be
0: called that anymore, David. Jesus Christ, Matthew. Uh, And here's the thing: it was in 2000. He died in 2001 at the age of 73. So. Well,
1: that explains it. Why didn't you lead with that? I I wasn't. I forgot.
0: (laughs) Oh my notes! Be like are he worked,
1: me. he worked most recently as if he's just given up. Well, I <laughs> I'm guess...
0: sorry, I literally didn't see that in my notes. I mix, I missed that, but I knew he would have been old after he 2000.
1: Went, he went tits up, so his last, his yep. final. I would, have, I might have said his
0: final credit. His final credit was nine episodes of Veronica's Closet from 1997
1: to 2000. It's finale he... ultimo. Is... <laughs> His swan song. His leaving his
0: life-ish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, when I say 96 credits in a 38-year career, the, the 96 credits, each of those is just a TV show. Let's talk about how many episodes of some of those TV shows he did. He directed 27 episodes of The Andy Griffith Show. Jesus Christ. 23 episodes of The Bob Newhart Show. 22 episodes of Laverne and Shirley, 48 episodes of It's Gary Shandling Show, 86 episodes of Coach, and, get ready for it, 123 episodes of One Day at a Time, and was also an executive producer on that show.
1: Holy Christ. Did the man ever take a day off?
0: I think not. He was when, directing. When you
1: said 38 Credits and a or 38 credits and a 96, 96 credits pre- in a 38 year. Yeah, not 96 years in a 38 year credit. No, it's a 38 credits and a 96 years. That's like 30 things a a year. Yeah, and you're telling me he don't 100 episodes? A fucking
0: it's it's three things a year, dear. If you do the math, oh, I did the math, David. Did, did, how much? How much you, that vodka you've been drinking?
1: You. There was a lot of physical comedy, <laughs> and I obviously am going to be a, a something aholic if I make that the rule when I watch. Oh, okay. I love, when I watch I Love Laverne, I can't. <laughs> I can't make it a drinking game.
0: Okay, you. Sh- you probably shouldn't, because I think we're getting to the end of the line here. So anyhow, I just wanted to make sure we did cover the nuts and bolts before we go to the epilogue. Laverne and Shirley and Lenny and Squiggy are sitting in their living room playing Monopoly. And I don't know if you noticed, Shirley has to actually take Squiggy by the hand and move his piece the number of spaces, (laughs) like like, literally like she's eh, with a child teaching him how to count. (laughs) Just a nice little side thing. Right there. And they're telling Lady and Squiggy after the concert, they had champagne with, with fucking Fabian. They had champagne with him. These two crazy bitches out on the ledge.
1: Yeah.
0: But the thing is, they said he was a terrific guy. It was wonderful. And then in comes Rosie wearing a sparkly bedazzled top. It's amazing. All of her diamond jewelry, but with gloves and a mop bucket and her toothbrush. Excuse me, girls. I'm done with the bedroom. And without even looking at her, they both point back. And Shirley says, bathroom rose. And Rosie just dejected. A broken woman turns around and the audience is eating the shit up because Rosie has gotten her fucking comeuppance. It's
1: the end of the show,
0: David. It is. And oh, my God. It's, I did have to think ahead. I was like, God, how many talkaholic chips? I'm like, this episode, this episode gets 25 out of five talkaholic chips. I loved it. It is so, like you say, it's wackadoodle, but I don't know if I'm capable of separating it from my nine-year-old brain, because I was nine when I saw this originally on network television in its first run. Laverne and Shirley, as a whole, as a series, like for the show bible, and for those awful last three <clears throat> last three seasons, and for the just upsettingly clumsy departure of Shirley, overall as an eight year show, eight season show, I I probably would only give it like two and a half. How about you?
1: Oh uh, well. <clears throat> I, I hate to give it as a series because I've only watched one episode. Yeah, you can't really. I get it. But I, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give you this. The Golden Girls oh, show bible is Garbaggio. Oh, I know.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So it doesn't make it any less wonderful. It doesn't make it any less comfortable. It doesn't make it any more any less. The, Lu- the Lucy no, I don't even think they'd heard the words "Show Bible" for Christ's sake. No. I think they cha- they changed their last name halfway through one of the series. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it just I uh, so I'm anxious to watch watch this. I will not making it be making it a drinking game. No, um, still, okay, <laughs> because because I will be in a serious twelve step program. Um, you will yes. But it's so funny you say 25 out of 5, because I wrote down, my notes are, talk- oh, alcoholic chips, 10 out of 5. I thought I was being like hilariously original and ridiculous when yes. I wrote that down. <laughs> so
0: congratulations. Oh. You, beat me, you beat me to my punchline. Oh, that makes me happy that we had mm-hmm. the same thought, that we are psychotically connected like that. So I guess that ends another TV Talkaholics. Isn't that amazing? David, I'd like to invite you over
1: tonight, please. You're Um,
0: inviting me to your apartment?
1: Well, there was a lot of physical comedy. So I would like you to come over because I have splayed out on my coffee table. The Laverne and Shirley board game, David. (laughs) Have you? (laughs) Which yeah. I'm sure you have, and you've played the Laverne and Shirley board
0: game. Oh, oh I'm sure I have, too. And uh, does this have anything to do with that three-quarters empty bottle of green apple Smirnoff in your hand right now?
1: <laughs> this has everything to do with you coming over and snuggling by the by the Netflix fireplace fire mm-hmm. and playing, playing a, a rousing game of Laverne and Shirley the board game. You mm-hmm. do know that exists, right?
0: I do. I did not own it, but I do know that it exists. Yeah. I, I want to play it. (laughs) (laughs) So that's another TV talkaholics guys. What is coming next month? Uh, We don't know at this point, but it will be something. And uh, when I say next month, will it be in a month from now? Can't even promise you that. That's right. Mm. We're, we're going commando here. Freestyling free balling right here with TV talkaholics.
1: When we what if we just say coming in 2024?
0: Coming in 2024. I, I
1: can't I, promise that either, David. I I can't. My track my,
0: record tells me it it doesn't it looks pretty grim. Let's just put my, it that way.
1: With my blood pressure and my 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 diabetes, David. I can't prom, I can't I can't promise anything coming in twenty twenty four. I I don't know about you. But this has been fun. This has
0: been super fun. I am so.
1: I get to be Laverne when we play the board game. (laughs) I get to be Laverne.
0: Okay, we're going to play the Laverne and Shirley board game. You can be squiggy. I'll be How, How dare you? How very, very dare you? I want to be Rosie Greenbaum. I want to be Rosie so bad. Oh, my damn God. Damn it. You, God damn it. I shouldn't have brought it up. That's yep, a... that's what you get. That's what you get. Okay. Right. Well, dear listeners, uh, dear, well, this isn't going to the sponsors first. This is just going into the feed because it's good. <laughs> It's taken us so long to pull it together. So to all of our listeners, we love you. Of course, to the sponsors who are part of the Patreon, we love you uh, just a little bit more. So thank you so much. <laughs> Well, I have no regrets that I made you a Laverne and Shirley convert and that you're excited to watch the rest of the show. And uh, yeah, until next time, folks, smooches and goodbye. Love you, darling. I love you more. I love you more, more. Them, them. No, that was to you. That was to you. Oh, well, now
1: that the crown is over, I love you. Oh I'm glad. And we are not spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. They kill off a major character (laughs) in the last in the last season. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note. Do you know how Princess Diana died, David?
0: (laughs) How did she die?
1: Carpool tunnel syndrome.
0: Oh stop! No! No, I'm, end, I'm, hit, I'm hitting the stop button now. Goodbye. Goodbye and thank you. Yes, I am away. Make our dreams come, come true, true. For me and you. you. We'll make you happy. Come and knock on our door. Come and knock on our door. Where well, we're moving on.
1: compromising, enterprising, anything but tranquilizing. Here's the story. You take, a look, you take a-